Hi, my name is Eloise, and this is episode number three of the Take Me to the World Musical Theater Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm going to be talking about a musical that I hate, because it doesn't happen often, but it can happen. And so I saw this musical a few months ago. We'll get into the whole thing uh, in the episode. But needless to say, I regret seeing this musical, and that never happens. Even if it's not a musical that I loved, like Cats, I'm still like, oh, there was a couple good songs. I don't, you know, I, I don't feel like, oh, no, I've wasted my life. And this was a musical where it's like, oh, no, I've wasted my life. Why did I watch this? So moving on, I just want to apologize. This episode's coming at you a bit late. I had to re-record it a few times because there were spots where I wasn't making any sense because I was just so angry I couldn't articulate words properly. Uh, I also had recorded this episode, and then my MacBook died, and I couldn't release it. And then the holidays came around, and I just thought, screw it, I'm going to wait till the new year and release it then. So I kind of I hate like starting off 2019 talking about something that I hate, because normally I love musicals. But this is the third episode, so we'll talk about that. If you want to listen to past episodes, find out where to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, you can check my blog, takemetotheworld.com. There's a category called Podcasts at the top of the page. Click that. You'll find past past episodes. And as well, for each uh, post I have, I've listed like resources. So if I talk about a musical, I'll link where you can get the cast album, maybe where you can buy tickets if it's running on Broadway or whatnot, that sort of thing. Sometimes I swear on this podcast, and usually because it's because I'm really excited, but today it's going to be because I am super angry. So just be warned, I'm going to swear possibly like the Dickens. Um, and the other thing is, is I'll tell you if I'm going to spoil a show. I'm spoiling this whole show. It is a garbage musical. You do not want to see this musical. I've seen it for you, so you don't have to. I've spared you the pain of seeing this show. So yes, I think that is it. And we'll move on to the episode. So the musical that I saw was called Shout the Mod Musical. My issue wasn't with the theater where I saw this show or the theater company that put it on or the cast who were in it or the crew. It's a jukebox musical using songs from the 60s, and if you don't know what a jukebox musical is, you can go back and listen to episode two. Um, I, I like songs from the 60s. Like, I, it's, it's not an era I'm super familiar with. Um, I kind of grew up listening to more 70s, 80s songs, but I, I know some 60s songs. I like it. That was fine. My issue was with the story that they built for the musical. Now, Shout opens with five women dressed in 1960s gear, and the women get on stage, and they're singing and dancing to a medley of two songs. One is Petula Clark's Downtown, which was a song I had heard before, and another was a song I didn't know called England Swings Round Every Corner. There were, like I said, the 60s, it's, it's not something I'm not from, super familiar with, with all the music in the 60s, and I knew that I wasn't sort of the target audience for the 1960s nostalgia factor that this musical was going for. I went to see Shout because I love musicals. Shout starts off in the early 1960s, and we find out the five ladies on stage are from London. It's called Shout the Mod Musical. Mod scene started in London. Makes sense. Now, they're not given any names. We only know them by the color that they wear, and this is what they, we learn about them. Orange Girl is a wife, Blue girl is vain, red girl is awkward, yellow girl is loud, green girl is a slut, not slut-shaming, she literally says this several times in the show. And those are the five characters that we follow along for the show. And if you think, oh, maybe they must have given them some more backstory, no, they don't. Now, Shout has this formulaic setup, which got really tiring quite quickly. And here's how it would work. One, or some, or all of the 
five ladies would sing a song from the 60s. Then they would pull, pull out a copy of Shout Magazine, which was this fictitious magazine in the show, Women's Magazine. They would read an article from the magazine, and a male vo- voiceover would provide the narration for the article so the audience knew what was happening. Sometimes the ladies would read a relationship advice column instead from a lady named Gwendolyn Holmes, and here a female voiceover provided the advice response. And this was pretty much every scene in the musical. Some scenes uh, would be girls telling the audience a story instead of reading from the magazine, and usually the story was about a romantic relationship or one of the girls wanting to be in a romantic relationship or something like that. Sometimes there was a connection from the scene where the ladies read the Shout Magazine article to the songs used or from the story to the song. A lot of times the connection was really hard to follow. It felt like the creators of the show were just kind of shoehorning in some popular 60s songs into this musical just to appeal to the audience, just because the audience would recognize these songs. Now, in episode two, in the last episode, I talked about jukebox musicals and how the the negative point about some of them is that some jukebox musicals are kind of more concerned about putting in a song because it's popular and people know it, rather than putting in a song in the musical because it works with the plot and the characters and it helps grow the plot and the characters and bands everything. Shout is like the epitome of a bad jukebox musical. Much of the time, Shout either didn't make sense, or it was poorly done, or in some points of the show, it was insulting to the audience. Sometimes it was all three at once. That was kind of amazing. Not in a good way. Usually, when it came to the relationship advice, it was a lot of, you know, sort of, get a new haircut and your marriage will be fine, or why not try a new lipstick color? And... I get the show is trying to make it visible and be funny about it, how outdated this advice is, and they're pointing out the trope of bad relationship advice from women's magazine. They're showing how women aren't treat, weren't treated equally as men, and they're showing the gap between this older generation, you know, of the advice columnist, this Gwendolyn Holmes, and this new mod generation in the 60s that these five women represent. And if this joke had been done once or twice, it would have been funny. But the thing with this show is the joke is just repeated all the time throughout the show. And this diminishes its effectiveness. Shout just kind of keeps beating this dead horse again and again. So eventually you just kind of get bored and you go, yeah, that's that's the joke. All right, I guess it's funny. And it's not. If they'd done it once, fine. But constantly, no. Now I'm going to talk about women in musicals because... I like musicals with a large female cast, or at least with prominent female roles, and that's for very selfish reasons. I like singing along to musicals, and I can sing along to a musical with female parts better than with male parts, just because I kind of, you know, I can't reach the tenor baritone roles that a male role can reach. I I can do alto soprano roles. And Shout has an all-female cast, but the characters are five unnamed women who are only given superficial traits. And I get that Shout is probably trying to show each of these women as a generic kind of every woman that the audience can attach to, like a lousy personality test from a magazine. I like sex, I must be the slutty green one. Or I'm vain, I must be the blue one. You know, maybe that's the point of the show, maybe we're just one thing. But I'm really tired of seeing one-dimensional characterizations and tropes of women in media, There's enough of this already. We don't need to add to this shitstorm. And I don't want to go off on a feminist tangent, but there was a lot of feminist stuff happening in the 60s, and Shout doesn't address any of these important events in a meaningful way. They just kind of play them as jokes, and not very well. For example, 
there's one scene where Red Girl reads a shout article about birth control, and then she and then the article kind of states the side effects of birth control, weight gain, migraines, etc. And Red Girl acts this out to the delight of the audience. And to me, it's just sort of tiring to reduce something like birth control to a fucking joke, something that was important to the second wave women's rights movement and the sexual revolution, you know, and showed it's just a lame joke about women being hormonal and getting fat. And I I just, the audience was laughing and I just kind of thought, like, hasn't this been done enough? Haven't we seen this enough? And I just want to explain that, uh, or woman explain, I should say, that I wasn't on my period or pregnant or any more hormonal seeing this show and, or now recording this podcast. I just really hate poor representation of women in media. Now, Shout is set in the 1960s, but it was made or at least debuted in 2000. So there's no excuse for this shit. The show was written by men, and I don't want to give the idea that men can't write well-developed female characters. They can, but there aren't any well-developed characters in this show. And to me, if you're going to create a character who has a different life experience than you, you know, somebody from a different you know, someone who's a different gender, maybe a different sexual identity than you are, different culture, then you need to add some depth to your characters, or at least show one character that has depth. Shout the Mod musical doesn't do this. The characters are all shallow and superficial, and there's there's no emotional depth, there's no emotional connection between you and the characters in this show. So let's look at the characters. Orange Girl is married and has kids. Now, she starts to drink because her husband is at the office all the time, and there's a line about decriminalizing homosexuality in England, and this, you know, joke that her husband might be gay. So already, I have an issue with this because they're mocking an already marginalized community. And, you know, there's also this joke about alcoholism, and that's just, that's been done to death. Why why are we doing this again? And it's not even done in a funny way, it's just done badly. Now, in Act 2, Orange Girl goes from wearing orange to purple, and this shows that she is the character with, with the most growth in the show. Seriously. That is not a joke. At the end of the show, which is now set in the early part of the 70s, she gets tired of receiving all this bad relationship advice from Gwendolyn Holmes, and she writes back saying that this advice is awful and she's going to divorce her husband, take her two kids, and get a flat in another part of London. So as character growth goes, this is as good as it gets. Blue Girl is vain and concerned with her looks. At one point, the Shout article points out she's getting older and her skin is starting to sag. So yeah, it's a commentary on, you know, how women are judged for their looks and how women become kind of disposable when they get older, that sort of thing. And I get that, but the joke isn't smart. It just kind of seems cruel. She's told to get some anti-aging cream with the big long name and the audience laughs at it because the name just sounds funny. And then when doing a shout quiz about relationships, Blue Girl says the name Penelope when asked who she loves. So she's either a lesbian or bisexual. Cue more laughing from the audience because, you know, according to this musical, sexual identity is a silly joke if you're out of the heterosexual range. You know, at the end, they show Blue Girl in a relationship with Penny, and that's all we know about her. So again, you know, if if you're not heterosexual, then this is, you know, the only defining characteristic you have, and it's also really funny. Everybody should just laugh at it. So I had a real problem with that, too. Now, let's move on to Red Girl. 
She didn't have a great defining characteristic at the beginning of the show. She was kind of spastic and awkward. And she tells us this story about dating a guy named Edward. And she's sad because he's not going to feel her up. So she goes to a talent show and she's supposed to sing the song downtown, but she forgets the word, forgets the words. And she gets all embarrassed and is crying. And she takes the tissues she's stuffed in her bra out to wipe her tears. And Edward's on the side of the stage and he kisses her and he feels her up. And now everything is better. And she ends up married with five kids and becomes a teacher. So I kind of have, I kind of think it's funny that this is called Shout the Mod Musical, but yet half of these, some some of the character stories were just sort of like, you know, you just need a man and then that's fine. Then that's, as long as you're married, that's okay. And then the ones who don't get married, you know, if the the lady who's a lesbian or bisexual, the one who leaves her husband, you know, it's it's just a joke, you know? So uh, I, had, I had issues with this. And I also want to point out that if you think we get to see any of these scenes like a talent show, no, it's kind of just the characters telling us what happened, and that's a problem. Because in a musical, exposition can work, but not for the whole damn show. A musical that's just the characters telling us this happened to me one time and kind of acting it out, it gets really dull. I think this musical would have been better with some more characters, but they didn't do that. And it just makes the musical fall flat. Now, let's get back to the other characters. The green one is slutty. That's what she tells us, and everyone laughs. And in the second act, they also mention the character's astrological signs. I don't want to get into astrology, but there's sort of a trope about Scorpio being the sexy one. So, of course, the green one is a Scorpio. You know, she's just born slutty. She can't help it. And I hate slut-shaming, and this musical does this constantly. The only defining characteristic the green girl has is that she likes sex, and that she tells the audience these stories about how she's break had to break up with guys after they've hooked up and it's just played as a joke. At one point I think she mentions having an STD and it just feels really tired and boring. In the end she falls in love with one of these men out of nowhere she gets married and becomes an airline hostess. So again just sort of informing us that you know you must get married and then everything will be fine because you know even if you like sex eventually you're just going to get married and it's going to be fine you can't be slutty forever. Oh, I'm getting, the more I talk about this, the angrier I'm getting. And I'm getting to the angriest, the angriest story. And that is the story of Yellow Girl. Now, she starts off, they tell her, they, they, they tell us that she's loud and fun. She's possibly American. There's a scene kind of at the beginning where she's stalking Paul McCartney. Again, you know, she's just kind of telling us about this and sort of acting it out at the same time. And she hides in the trees and she sees him take out the trash. And she notices there's other women trying to stalk Paul McCartney, and she gets into one a fight with one of the stalkers over his garbage and steals his comb. Now, this sounds pretty stupid, but thanks to the acting, it was actually a pretty funny scene. And I understand that they're trying to say that this is, you know, what our pop culture-obsessed society is like, and celebrity obsession, all that. I get what they're going for at some points, but the plot is just so repetitive and dull that the themes of this show just fall flat. But again, this was probably, like, the funniest scene. That, and then there was a scene where they smoke marijuana and kind of do a James Bond parody. That one wasn't bad as, as well. That was pretty funny. But that's about it. Now, to completely go on to another tangent, or something completely opposite, uh, in Act 2, Yellow Girl says she's married to a man that looks Paul, looks like Paul McCartney, but this isn't a teenage fantasy come true because she writes to Gwendolyn home for relationship advice. 
saying her husband has been abusing her and she's worried for her safety. Now, I don't know divorce law in the UK, but she says that she has to wait three years before she can file for divorce. So I'm assuming that's what the law was like back in the day. And that's horrifying to think about. So she's scared her husband's going to kill her, and she asks for advice on what to do. And of course, we get this really tired joke that's completely inappropriate this time, that she should maybe get a pedicure and not be so dramatic. And oh my god, the fucking rage I felt at this point. And maybe you're thinking, no, Eloise, the joke wasn't at the expense of the victim. It was about the outdated advice column and the generation gap and women not having the same rights of men at this time. But it was also a joke where the victim was blamed for the abuse she suffered. No. Just fucking no. Now, I I found it really hard to get invested into this show emotionally because of how bad the plot was and how bad the characters were. And with this revelation that came up with this abuse of marriage, I thought, oh shit, this is pretty serious. How are they going to handle this? And Shout handled this topic of domestic violence like a bull in a china shop. But here's the thing. Don't worry. At the end, Yellow Girl just tells us that she's left her husband and has become an abuse counselor. So now we can just feel better about ourselves. Now I want to point out, I'm not saying I needed to see a big dramatic scene where Yellow Girl escapes her abuser. She didn't have to justify or prove she was being abused. I'm not blaming the victim. But Shout should have treated this scene with more care than they did. Because abuse isn't some frivolous thing to joke about. People can die and have died in abusive relationships, and for those who get out, there are lasting and devastating consequences from abuse. You don't make a joke out of an abusive relationship, not a joke where the victim is chastised for being abused, where it's implied falsely, I should say, the victim is at fault. Fuck no. Fuck this fucking musical. Now, this scene was close to the end of Act 2. I'd kind of checked out it mentally and emotionally well before this point, because, like I said, the musical didn't give us characters with defining characteristics that grew. There was no emotional reason for me to feel invested in any of these until the very end where we were just told, here's this problem that I have, but now it's better. We didn't see these characters change. We were just kind of told they changed like magic. And that's an issue. That's what a, a bad musical does. A good musical is going to get you invested emotionally, will get you to understand the character and their point of view. This musical did not do this. Now, at the end of the musical, the five ladies stood on stage and they mentioned some cheesy line about being the mothers, the sisters, the daughters, the women of the 1960s. And it was such overt patronization to the sentimentality of its audience that it made me sick. We are the women of the 1960s. You are the women of the 1960s. Spare me. If we were shown the, if, if we were shown the journey these women took and not just told about it, that would be different. If this musical had given us some emotional vulnerability and character growth, I'd be able to see through this bullshit. If there'd been an engaging plot that held a mirror to the past and contemporary society, then I would feel different. Now, as I mentioned before, I was the youngest person in the, or I think I mentioned this, but I was the youngest person in the audience for this show. Guaranteed. I think the, the median age for the audience in the show that I saw was about 65. And I'm not saying every audience who sees this show is going to be that age, but I think the appeal of a 60s jukebox musical like Shout, one of the appeals is the nostalgia factor. Now, at one point in Act 2, a song called Those Were the Days came on that they started singing, and everyone in the audience, except for me because I didn't know the song, started to sing along to it. Completely unprompted. They didn't, the, the, the cast didn't stop and say, everybody sing along, everyone just started singing along. Now, music is strongly tied to memory, so maybe this 
song brought back personal memories of the 1960s for people in the audience. Maybe it was just a matter of somebody thinking, oh, I love this song, I forgot about it. And that's what I find sad about this musical. This show, at least to me, it comes off as a quick cash grab to appeal to the nostalgia and to the sentimentality of the baby boomer generation. And maybe that wasn't the intention that the creators had, but that's how it felt when I was watching this show. It's like this musical saying to its audience, let's take some music you listened to when you were younger and enjoyed, and we're going to create this really bad plot that goes nowhere and shallow characters that aren't developed and don't do anything, and we'll make jokes about groups of people that have been and continue to be marginalized and blame victims for being abused. I actually felt disgusted at parts of this musical, disgusted at how the audience was being manipulated. I kept seeing this, and I kind of felt like I was in the twilight zone, like I was the only one who was able to see this. Because I think most of the audience was just kind of focused on how they liked the songs and, oh, I used to have a dress like that or something like that. And it just it just made me angry and it made me sad. Now, I don't want to be all negative, Nelly, because, like I said, I liked the songs in this show. The music was not an issue. And what I wish I would have done was just been a concert series of these 60s songs. I wish they had just forgotten about the plot and the characters, kept the music and just had some fun song and dance numbers. Keep it light and fun and full of nostalgia to appeal to the audience. Or if they wanted to have a plot, they should have just made it silly and inconsequential. Don't try to have a bunch of fun upbeat songs and then put in a flimsy plot trying to acknowledge something important in the 60s like the growing women's rights movement. Either make the show lighthearted and silly or give it some drama, drama and emotional depth. Don't do both unless you can make it work and Shout does not make it work. They don't strike that balance. For example, a few years ago, I saw this musical with popular songs from the 1980s, a local dinner theater, and it wasn't a groundbreaking show, but it was full of fun and nostalgia. They weren't trying to stuff in a plot about the AIDS crisis and the Iran-Contra scandal between Beat It and Like a Virgin. They knew their audience just wanted to see something fun. They referenced a few pop culture things from the 80s, like a Back to the Future joke or two. The audience could hum along to the songs. They could look at the costumes and laugh and go, oh, I can't believe I used to dress like that, or people in the 80s used to dress like that. Something like that. I wish Shout had done this, because if you're going to have a plot, have a real plot. Have something that happens, and show us what's happening. Don't just tell us, this event happened to me before, and now we're here, and it's all better now. Give us characters that are interesting, characters that grow throughout the show. Take us on a journey. Make the audience go, oh, my perspective on this character or plot point is no different after watching this show. A musical doesn't have to have a complex plot. There's lots of musicals I like with really simple plots, but it does need to have good characters. And it does have to have a plot where we kind of see what's happening, and we're not just told this has happened before. Now, looking back... There were two warning signs that I should have noticed that pointed to this not being a good musical, as far as the story goes. First, and this was specific to this production, but the theater I saw Shout at was only putting it on for one show. Now here's the thing about musicals. They're not the easiest thing to put on. Unless it's some professional concert with a big name in it, like the Jesus Christ Superstar concert that aired on TV with John Legend a few months ago, or if it's a new show that's just kind of being tested out, it doesn't make sense to put on a musical for one night. Why would you go through the the tech rehearsal and the dress rehearsal just for one show? So to me, if someone says they're putting on a one-time production of a musical, I would generally say turn away. Unless I said, like I said, unless it's some sort of professional concert series with big names where they have the budget to 
put on one show and make it good, or it's something new that's being tested. The second sign didn't occur until I was already watching the show. But at the end of Act 1, before the intermission, I realized there was nothing at stake for the characters, and this is a problem. See, at the end of Act 1, before the intermission, there has to be some sort of momentum to lead into Act 2. There should be a decision a character, often the protagonist, needs to make or has made that's going to change something in Act 2, or an event that's going to change something in Act 2 for the characters. No, this doesn't have to be a life-and-death decision, but it has to be something that makes you think, oh, that's interesting, I wonder what's going to happen in Act 2, I should come back and find out. And Shout didn't have any tension at the Act 1. There was nothing at stake for any of the characters. They gave me no reason to come back to Act 2. But like a sadistic fool, I came back for more torture, and I regretted it. Now, finally, I want to address some community theaters, maybe one you're in, or maybe one you know of, might want to put on Shout the Mod Musical, because it is one of hundreds of musicals available for license to theaters from Musical Theater International, or MTI. No, I love supporting local theater, I love supporting community theater, but I cannot in good conscience, conscious encourage anybody to support this show. There are lots of other musicals set in the 1960s, like Hair, Hairspray, Violet, Dogfight, that are better than Shout, and there are other jukebox musicals that a community can do. So when it comes to picking a musical, rather than just picking it because it's got some songs people know, do a little research first. Find out what is the show about. Are there interesting characters that change throughout the show? Is there a plot? And remember, we have to see what the plot, like, we have to see what's happening to the characters. It can't just be a plot where, every, where we're just told this has happened before. And then finally, what's the theme or the message of the show? Does a musical make jokes at the expense of marginalized communities? If it does, then maybe don't do that musical. There's a pro tip for you. And I do want to point out that if you're a community theater and you're looking to do a show set in the 60s, uh, you know, there's a lot of other musicals you could pick. Now, there's things like Hairspray, Hair, Dogfight, Violet, not all of these shows might be appropriate for your community theater, depending on your cast, if you've got a really young cast. Some of these shows may or may not work. You'll have to research them yourself. But I will say that the story for all of these shows is a hell of a lot better than Shout the Mod Musical. Um, and they, they, they bring up their themes in a more organic way than Shout attempts to, because Shout does not do that very well at all. So I think I'm going to end here because I could keep talking about how much I hated this musical, but I'm pretty sure I've covered all the main points and you get why this musical is awful, right? So we'll end here. Uh, on the next episode, which hopefully will not take a month to come out because it won't be me trying to organize my thoughts about a show I hate, um, I'm going to talk about movie musicals. There's a lot of different movie musicals out there, and I think it's important to talk about... Um, how movie musicals can be effective, and, you know, some good examples of movie musicals, some maybe not-so-good examples of movie musicals, why they work, um, and just different ones that I like and, and you know, have, have found to be um, really uh, really compelling, I guess, in terms of uh, comparing them to their original source stage musical. So, yeah, so that'll be the next episode. So thanks very much for listening to this podcast. Again, if you want to find out the resources, listen to past episodes, subscribe, head to takemetotheworld.com, click the podcast category at the top of the page, and you'll find all the information for that there. Uh, 
so again, thanks for listening and hope you guys tune in for the next episode all about movie musicals.